Today's episode of the Tighten Up Talk is brought to you by our friends at Parkway Poorhouse. If you are in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area and need a spot to grab some delicious food with the family or just want to grab a patio spot and enjoy some appetizers and a cold adult beverage, well, Parkway Poorhouse is the perfect spot for either occasion. Visit parkwaypoorhouse.com to plan your visit today. Folks, I'm Trey Wynn. I am joined here by Chase Green, and we have a ton of things to discuss about the Tennessee Titans. The Titans went to Denver, got an ugly, ugly win against the, the Broncos, 16-14. We'll give our knee-jerk reactions. We'll discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of last night's Monday Night Football late special. Uh, we'll also discuss the Isaiah Wilson situation. We'll give our thoughts there. And when is it the appropriate time to hit the panic button after an ugly game? Obviously, Steven Goskowski had a rough night. And John Robinson's been making some money moves. We'll discuss what we think is going to potentially happen there, as well as give a preview for the Week 2 matchup against the Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Folks, we want to make sure you know we got some things in the works. The events for the Chat 10 Sports Podcast Network and Chat10Sports.com have been planned, so make sure and go to Chat10Sports.com slash events to see everything we have planned right now. Make sure and check us out on Facebook to get all those event details. We do plan on having a full COVID-19 approved watch party, so make sure and plan to join us this upcoming Sunday for the 1 o'clock kickoff. But Chase, I am feeling a lot better than I thought I would last night, staying up that late. How are you feeling? Uh, about the same. You know, I was, uh, I've got the Saturday schedule for work, so they kind of let you switch off a half day. So I definitely Ooh. preemptive strike and took off this morning. So I slept till about 8.30 like a champ, and it was Dude. much needed. You know, I was struggling last night. About the middle of the third quarter, I don't know about you, but uh, I, was, I was fighting to make it. I was I was struggling at times, but I mean, just in the it, the adrenaline would kick in. Of we got to we got to do this thing, you yep. know. I look, dude. Right now, to be honest with you, I am kind of irritated with Titans fans. I understand we have a lot to discuss. Goskowski. I mean, there's some good, bad, and ugly that we'll go through. We'll give our knee jerk reactions to the Titans win of sixteen to fourteen. Obviously, Rashawn Evans. Um, but I think a lot of people are hitting the panic button when, I mean, we were texting about, I think we were, we were messaging back and forth with the chat 10 sports crew of, we've seen this game before we've seen like last year with the bills. We had, had numerous, several missed kicks. Unfortunately in that game, we did not have a final 25 yard chip shot. That was good to seal the victory. And obviously speaking, I get it. If he did not make that kick, we would not be having this conversation. And a lot more folks would probably be hitting the, the, the panic button, but what is kind of, where's your knee jerk reaction right now? Obviously, with, you know, I'll give my thoughts in a second, but you let me know what you think, Chase. Um, Whew, I was I was definitely on that train last night of cut him, cut him now, get him out of here. This is ridiculous. Freaking Patriot. You know, I was I, I was very frustrated because it just it is definitely a the quicksand moment, you know, when you hear about it from the replacements, the movie. He's like, you know, you get in that quicksand and you just keep burying yourself, burying yourself. And that's mm-hmm. definitely where he was last night. And I was like, man. It's tough to come out of there. I know they mentioned it on the broadcast. Like that, the kicker game is not a place you really want to be if you're not, you know, top tier because it's just yeah. a 
it's just a revolving door. You know, they'll just like Cody Parkey's already added onto a team, and I know they cut that. I cut, cut their previous guy, and I was like, my goodness, like you know, you can just you're it's cheap. It's a cheap position, and if somebody's just not up to snuff after week one, they'll rotate through. And also, I guess now we're a we're a curse. I don't know how how that's happened. You know, we how many great kickers have the Titans had throughout the years, and now we're not a place where any kicker probably wants to go. Well, that's the hard thing because an hour before kickoff last night, you know, Paul Kaharski was putting up videos of of Goskowski hitting fifty five yarders. I mean, with ease. And to me, I, I even today, you know, the reaction from Mike Vrabel and I think John Glennon of Broadway Sports Media was saying, you know, I have no worries about Goskowski. That's something. That's kind of where I'm at right now. It's like you said, and I played golf this last weekend with Andy Sims, like one of our Braves guys. And look, it's the same thing there as it is with kicking, in my opinion. Once you get down, like once you're going downhill, it is really difficult to mentally recover. I mean, even to where the, you know, in the golf analogy, you can try and adjust the swing, try some things out. But for me, and obviously he's a professional kicker, I'm not a professional golfer, but it just seemed mentally in the midst of this entire crazy year, no preseason, it's lights, camera, action. We're going to go. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, obviously the rust was there for the entire team across the board. You could really point to every group, offensive, defense, and uh, defensive and special teams, and say there's so much left to be wanted and seen. However, like like last night for the offense, aside from kicking woes, what can you really complain about? I mean, like it's just like with anything else with this team. Um, and everybody this first week, you could see the struggles because of lack of practice and different little things. And But if you take it in context to with all the COVID stuff, there wasn't anything that bad. I was really excited to see how good the Titans adjusted. I mean, you don't really want Tannehill throwing 43 times a game. That's I don't think that's this Titans team's best way of winning a game, but that's nice to know that they can do that. Um so there wasn't anything really to complain about. I thought the offensive line could be a little bit better, but that's going to come with time, continuity. You hope Luan's fine and all that stuff. But um, I thought the offensive line struggled early on. But, you know, overall, it was pretty good. Just uh, don't want to see that much pressure and the holes weren't there. And I like we talked about, Vic played – or he – he dealt, he drew up a great game plan for Derrick Henry last night, I thought. Um, so they, they, there's going to be some struggles and some woes early on, but once everybody gets into practice, there's going to be a three or four week woe and low and high. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you just don't know what you're going to get because of all this lack of practice. And, you know, it was a weird start time after a weird off season. And yeah. so it's, it's a combo of things like that. And that's a tough place to play, even. Just due to just due to elevation, so I thought that everybody was a little bit winded towards the end. There, you could definitely see, but uh, mm-hmm. overall, I I have no real complaints because you have to take it into context of where it is, what time it was, and also, you know, Denver does have what is it that is it like 40, 48, 8 and one. At yeah. home in week one or something like that, yeah. So they've got they've got a crazy record because that elevation's tough to play in. 
Yeah, and I, I want to find that tweet because uh, Austin Stanley this morning had a great tweet of basically, and I'm going to not butcher it here, so just give me one second. But basically saying, let's see, last night slash this morning, for this is from Austin Stanley of A to Z Sports, was the Titans slashed Oilers. First win in Denver since 1987. That's before either one of us were born, Chase. Oh, wowzer. <laughs> Goskowski's game-winning kick snapped a six-game losing streak in Denver. And obviously last year, everyone's immediate thought as to last year with Marcus Mariota being benched. Uh, I think they held Henry to 28 rushing yards. It was an ugly day. And obviously the Broncos are losing Von Miller. Uh, you know, Cam Sutton was out. That's Cam Sutton. Cortland Sutton, um, yeah. if I'm saying that right. Um, yep. Just wasn't there. Obviously, Jerry Judy had some drop passes. Drew Lock Drew Lock was was okay. I mean, he didn't look terrible. Didn't look great. Um, had some times where you know that last final throw. I thought I thought it could potentially happen of them getting some type of you know gain and a hail mary type of play that they could at least get in field goal range and kick it. But people have to stop and just think about what this is right now because across the entire NFL, and here's kind of my knee jerk reaction: the entire NFL looks subpar. For I mean, and I'm talking about guys like Tom Brady. Obviously, quarterback play across the the NFL with guys like what is it, Wentz? Obviously, Mitch Trubisky was meh. Uh, Baker Mayfield was not great at all. Thanks to you know, I have OBJ, so I'm definitely pay attention into that one and <laughs> do a damn thing. By the way, uh, congrats on the win to Blaze Keelan uh, for for my matchup. I don't know how you came out, Chase. We'll talk about that. Actually, I think I do know. So I'll let you. Yeah, I'll let I lost you talk about that. In just I lost. A second. I lost by point one eight five or no, sorry, point point three five or something like that. Something's, Holy mother! Yeah, just because of that last Kostowski kick. That's what's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I was I was you, you up, lost I was because up. his kick or you yeah. lost because he didn't make other kicks. No, I lost because of his kick last night. His the made, uh, the made field goal get, got me a loss. I was like, I'll take that trade off. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'll take that trade off. No, but I'm just thinking across the entire NFL. I, I, I'm one, and I think uh, uh, I'm trying to think of Dean Pease was on the midday 180 yesterday, talking with the guys basically about how the quality of play was there, and I, I'm thinking maybe the NFL just basically opts out of the preseason indefinitely you know it's just something i think maybe some some one preseason game or an exhibition don't call it preseason of just getting guys out there and yeah. knocking a little bit of that rust off because even post game um you know lawan even and the majority of the titans fan base it was definitely a rusty rusty game um and even like ryan Tannehill, i have stats pulled up here from last night you would have thought he had you know a 60 QBR, you know, quarterback rating guy went 29 for 43, 249 yards and two touchdowns. And he was sacked once, which is, you know, for those Titans fans who know this, the history of this team, there's always those games where, you know, you're going to get four or five sacks. And even the ones that we won't talk about from 2017, where, you know, the Ravens sacked Mariota, what, 11 times in a single game. Yeah. Um, I just think we got to pump the brakes across the board a little bit. Obviously, what missing three p or three field goals, one one PAT, and then finally making that fifth fourth one, I believe it was maybe, maybe missing three, whatever the the numbers were there. Um, I'm just thinking, 
I get it, but I'll, I'll, I want to talk about some good things because we're kind of in that in that zone right now. Obviously, you get the win. Um, like I said, outside of the kicking game and an offensive attack, I guess that does categorize as offense. Um, I really can't complain. Corey Davis had a great night. Um, Humphreys was was almost automatic. But give me your thoughts on some of the positives that we that we saw from last night. Yeah, uh, Corey Davis was probably going to be the first thing I touched on. I, I was very impressed, and they kept going. Um, and I know they mentioned it on on the announcing crew last night that they kind of got away from that during the center part of the game was that play action, sweeping Corey Davis across the you know middle, deep middle. And that that kind of went away, and I was like, well, dang, man, you know, that's, that's something that CD was really working – and he looked awesome. And that, like, that toe drag catch, that's when you know you're getting a little hot because I think that was his fourth catch, third or fourth catch, uh, was the toe drag on the sideline. And that's strong hands, man. That dude's got a great catch radius. And so I was talking to my little brother last night about it. It's like, man, I wish these guys, and Mike Pipe too, I was like, I wish these guys wouldn't show up, you know, just on contract here. But I, I really, really hope that's what, Something along the lines of Corey was last night. Um, and to kind of roll into another good thing that I was very pleased with was how much Tannehill spread the ball around. Like, I mean, look at the mm-hmm. stats last night of who, uh, let's see, to read off lines, but like Corey Davis, seven catches, Adam Humphrey, six, AJ, five, Jonu, four, Henry, three. Like, that's what you want to see. And I think that's. That's exactly what Tannehill's game is going to be this year. Hopefully it's not the 43 times. I think we're going to have to tone that down just a little bit. Just to, if, I think that's to me the best way to play it. You want to see. And, you know, we didn't have Evans. Or not Evans last night. Um, yeah, oh, we did not have Darrington Evans. Darrington, that's what, yeah, it was Evans. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of – I was really hoping to see that. But hopefully we'll get that sooner later than later. Um, so – you know, I was pleased to see the overall game just being spaced out and spread out and excited to see Corey get some confidence back because that's that's his main thing that I know Tron Davenport's talked about and Vrabel's talked about that he's his own worst enemy. And last night he played a heck of a game and he was Ten Hill's favorite target. Um with our man Brett Kern. Um, is he the best player on the field for the Tennessee Titans, Trey Wynn? I've been saying it for a while. He is our MB punter. Like he's the MVP of this team. Had a, the, the ESPN has a noted as a 66 yard long, you know, as long last night. Um, two kicks inside of the, you know, he had four total punts, two inside the 20, uh, 66 yards. I know Pat McAfee, Zach Brooks was over and we were watching it last night. He left around halftime. Um, but even, you know, hashtag for the brand, Pat McAfee threw out Brett Kern's punt, which was, you know, it's just impressive. It's just, the guy's been so consistent. He just shows up and obviously unlike Gus Kowski, Brett Kern was very much automatic last night and they needed it. It's something to me too, like, you know, (sighs) the kicking woes, the special teams, like, there is quite the contrast there with the kicking game and then the punting game because there is obviously no problem with what Brett Kern's been doing. I, I definitely think he's the best player on this team given what he's doing. He's averaging 50 yards a punt. Like this was last night, I'm saying. Yeah. So you cannot complain about that at all. It's something too just to think about because 
I think a lot of a lot of people were expecting this just to be a pushover game, kind of like everyone. Everybody was expecting the Colts just to dominate the Jaguars. This defense is good. Vic Vangio knows what he's doing, and that's 100%. something that they 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 did their their job. And obviously, even um, I know we'll talk about Henry here. Like Henry having 106 yards or 116 yards, I believe. And but he did not seem to be one hundred percent as far as his usual coming downhill. I legitimately think, and you mentioned this a second ago. By the end of the game, you mentioned that they were tired. I think even there was a shot of Clowney before halftime where he was winded and huffing and looking up, and it's just like you can tell the you know elevations taking its uh, you know its toll on these guys. But to me. I, I just think everybody's got to take a deep breath for a second, look at the positives, get the, you know, kind of adjust where you're at with it because I know, and we can get to some of the bad here in, in just a second, but I also wanted to touch on Jeffrey Simmons and then even Jadavion Clowney. Something I've noticed with, with Jeffrey Simmons is he talks a lot of shit. Like he's a big shit talker, which I like, but he comes off to me. And let me know what you think about this when I get done, Chase, because I've been watching it and wondering like, there's some guys that just talk to talk. I think Taylor Lewan has fun talking some smack and, you know, jawing with some guys. It's a, it's another thing you can do during the game to make it fun. But yeah. I, I legitimately think Jeffrey Simmons is playing a mental game with guys. And, and the, the hot video, kind of the viral video for Titans fans right now, is him telling Jerry Judy to get off the field, you know, in choice words. You know, get off the field, bitch. You, you heard it on the live broadcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which I thought, I, I like I the fact that you could hear, you know, calls, even at one point, just bunny trail real quick. Excuse me about uh, I think um, Lawan and Saffold were trying to get on the same play uh, as far as the blocking scheme, and you could hear Lawan say to Saffold, "What is it? Like, what's what's the call?" And then they you know, they did, did their thing, but to hear Jeffrey Simmons talk, and even last year you saw him um, with Lamar Jackson. Just John, and, and to me, it's one of those things. If you can get a guy, and it's almost like Anderson Silva in, in UFC, if you can get into a guy's head and you can start to play games and you kind of have that driver's seat and you and you're really impacting his his demeanor thought process like i legitimately think that simmons is is that type of player he's not just jaw to jaw it's a part of his game and he, obviously he was incredible last night extremely physical uh, i don't know if the stat line is going to necessarily support that with him or with jadevion Clowney, but he was a lot of fun to watch but what, what did you think about simmons and even the, the duo with him and, and jadevion Clowney? uh simmons first off i'm i'm totally with you i don't I think it's also a thing, and he is a definitely a guy that I, he gets fired up about. You know, when he does make a big play, he lets you know about it. And how frustrating is that? You know, we we both played sports, obviously not to anywhere close to a big big time level. But when somebody's good and they're talking shit to you, it's so frustrating because you just want to beat that guy, and that causes the opponent to make mental lapses because they're just going after him. And I think I do think that that's so frustrating. And that works in a different mental game. And, you know, Simmons is a specimen. That dude played so physical last night. And you love to see that. Those little plays, like, we've talked about it before. Like, this Titans team has been in the past quiet, reserved. I think you need a little bit more spark. Uh, I I like the way that they do a lot of things, obviously, with, with Evans. We'll get to that here in a few minutes. That was frustrating, but um, 
Clowney, you could see a few times, a few times last night, he just missed assignments to let a couple guys get outside on him. You know, but that's just going to come. He's been there, what, seven days, something like that, six days plus a travel day. So that's going to come in time, but he also looked really good early on. That guy was busting through the line. He he really does get off the, get off the ball as, as fast as I've ever seen anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that dude is so explosive. And between him and Simmons, that that front that front line showed me what I was hoping for the whole time in the off seasons. Like if we can get Clowney, Simmons is going to take that next step, and all these guys are going to come together. And I was like, man, that just fired me up to watch how good we can be. And the fact that you know we're going to have our struggles in the secondary, especially with the Dory out. Uh, we could see that early on last night, but uh, whoo. Those two, man, those two are special, special creatures that we have yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, no, I think even thinking through the, even outside linebackers last night, there was three of them. Yeah. Clowney, Landry, and what, Correa. There was not there was no Vic Beasley. Um, I know, obviously, it just makes me think about the Adore Jackson going on IR like right before, a few hours before the game yesterday, but – this team, this defense was playing with some depth guys. I think Isaiah Mack had some, had, had not a good chunk of uh, snaps, but he was in there. Um, but Daquan Jones seemed quiet for a little bit. He had two tackles, uh, you know, one solo tackle, one tackle for a loss for David Long. Um, no sacks on the night, but again, it's something to me that it's week one. It was one of those games that I just think the late the late start, obviously traveling. I would have hoped that they would have traveled out Thursday or Friday and been there for a couple of days to get acclimated to the the elevation change. Because people talk about it as though it's like a joke of these guys are going to have to adjust. I think Dave McGinnis was on uh, 104.5 The Zone out of Nashville talking about how, guys, I, I would get off the plane when we would go there, and after 15 minutes of touching down, I, I needed to take a breath, take a nap, he said, I think. <laughs> you know, it, it's, a real, it's a real thing that you got to account for. And obviously, the Titans did what they did, and thankfully they got the win. But to me, as far as the, ba- the other good things, I think the defense did have a good game. Even looking at a guy like Noah Fant, first half, he was all over the place. Yeah. Uh, his stats, he had five receptions. He had t- six total targets, five receptions on 81 yards and a touchdown. The second half, I think he he was over. He did he went MIA. Like They, they did a good job adjusting. And even and we'll talk about some of the bad things here. Rashawn Evans throwing the punch. Like, if you've played sports, you've been in those situations where it can get heated, you know, and, and I, I, I get it, but throwing a punch like that and then forcing your team to adjust, he's wearing the green dot, he's wearing the helmet where play calls are going into, but Will Compton stepped up, David Long Jr. stepped up big, and I was very impressed with how the defensive depth players, even guys like Chris Jackson coming in, Christian Fulton, uh, I was very impressed. What did you think about the defense, Chase? Uh, overall, very solid. You could definitely see some mis- mishaps on with uh, – I know Judy got Fulton a couple times, and Judy played a really good game um, in the slot. And if he if he didn't drop some of those passes, man, he was going to have a much bigger game. Um, overall, though, I thought Harold Landry played a really good game, and it's another one we talked – I know you said it earlier – about uh, some of our our front seven guys, like there's going to be, it's not going to show up in the stat line, mm-hmm. but man, like Harold Landry, 
I think it was that, uh, I guess it was the first goal on stop where if Harold Landry doesn't put pressure on Locke, he had an e- he missed the tight end, I don't, their third string tight end. He was wide open. And mm-hmm. Her- because of Harold's pressure, he just sailed it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that, and they, right. they, I know they noted it. I know Levy said, man, if it wasn't for that pressure, that's an easy, easy touchdown to, to he yeah. could have thrown it to two different guys and just didn't do it. I thought our secondary is going to struggle because of, you know, they're playing with depth guys uh, that are starters. And I know Butler played fine, but um, Fulton's going to have his woes. I mean, he's a, he's a rookie. Um, yeah. Jack, Jackson got beat a couple times, but overall thought it was fine. Um, but back to Evans, you just got to be smarter, man. I know, mm-hmm. like you said, I get it. I know you're frustrated. It's the first time having contact, but you're the you're the you're the signal caller. Be smarter. Be smarter. That's all you. Have. I know he's an emotional guy. I know he's a he's one of those physical specimens. Also, that he's going to hit you. He's going to get. But and another one, I never understood. Like, why are you trying to punch a man? It's got a helmet on. I, I never understood that one. It's just always gotten to be like, why? What are you doing? That doesn't work. Yeah. It's going to hurt your hand, idiot. So I don't know, man. It's It was kind of frustrating to watch. Um, But, I mean, overall, like you said, I thought Compton played fine. Uh, they stepped up. and But you just don't want to lose your signal caller that earlier, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean – I was thinking, I think Vrabel was the guy that was actually calling plays, but they adjusted. Um, even the first half, again, like it, the, the team seemed slow. Derrick Henry in particular seemed like he was just not the usual guy. But again, I, I don't want to say that as though he was, he had the opportunities to to run through huge holes. Like no. this team, this, you know, and even Jarrell Casey being on record last week or two saying, you know, I'm going to give whatever tips I can give to these guys and, and help us get a win. Um, it's evident they they schemed and they executed defensively a lot better than the Titans offense. Now, there wasn't, you know, there was the scare with Lawan going down. I legitimately thought, uh, thank goodness he's not actually hurt, but I thought he might have been, you know, one of those non-contact ligaments or, you know, kneecap, something crazy that's going to put him out for a while. Yeah. Um, luckily, he, he was good, but I just don't want it to be something that people look at the stat line, oh, 116 yards, Derek King had a great game he did not seem like his usual self but again my my first thought is elevation travel late start i'm looking forward to seeing what the team can do and i know we'll talk about uh next week and week two uh later on the podcast but that's just something that stuck with me um as the self-dubbed tennessee titans twitter fan uh, you know whatever i want to call it i am the conductor of the khalif raymond hype train <laughs> and I want to move to this because, too, too, baby. yeah, I will happily put all the coal on the fire to make this thing, you know, pick up steam. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll pull that horn and, and make sure everybody hears it. But it was evident that Khalif Raymond was, I know he had a couple targets. Uh, he did not have any catches straight up zero, triple zeros for him, but even in the kick return and punt return, um, you know, aspect, uh, I think he had three punt returns, one kickoff return. It just did not look, you know, I, I don't think he had the opportunities to make much movement, but I'm hoping next week that they can adjust because obviously I think we've talked a lot about Khalif Raymond, Khalif Raymond this off season. 
I think he can still do a lot, but I'm still seeing a lot of people out there saying stuff. Of, yeah. You know, he, he's he's it's, he's not it. You know, whatever the, the line is right now, it's just like y'all pump the brakes. It's one week. Let's one just week. let's just chill. After COVID, one week. Yeah, it didn't look good, especially in the return game. Uh, I know it, we. I think we mentioned it even in our group text. You just kind of hope that they're just guys that can make a few extra yards happen even when there's no space and that wasn't him last night. And you're really hoping that comes along. And I even mentioned this and I know Dory's out. I'm just saying as a generality, but like if a Dory wound up being 90, 85 to 90% of what kind of returner he was at USC, what a difference that would be, you know, like that's, that's mm-hmm. so frustrating that we just, we haven't found that guy. And I was really hoping, cause uh, I think I, I bought in a little bit. I'm not quite um, first class on the Cleef uh, hype train that <laughs> Trey Wynn has uh, conducted and built. And I, can, I can hook you up with a first class ticket, brother. Well, I'll wait on that. Uh, I know I'm a not, guy. I know a guy. You know a guy? guy. Uh, you got a guy? Uh, <laughs> so, like, I was just thinking about, man, if we could just – if he could just find it. Because I, I, it's going to be really tough if Humphreys – got a little motivation from a lackluster year last year, then I, I do not see Khalif being on the field all that often. Obviously he'll have his times, but who it's going to be tough for him to overtake that role. And the way Tannehill spread out the ball last night, it's going to be tough for him to find targets. And I, mm, he's got to find it on the special team side of the ball. Cause we yeah. need that. The Titans really, really, really need that. Um, Field position is going to be such a big aspect for us. And obviously with Brett Kern, we've got that on the defensive side. So, you know, get up some little things because, uh, like you said, I know Henry looked a little slower in the first part and he had some big gains at the end. But uh, And to spin back off that, I really thought that Casey and that group did a good job of not – I don't even remember one time of just a big over-pursuit of because I know a lot of guys want to hit Henry and they did a really good job of time blitzes um, and making that first tackle on Henry. They they mm-hmm. did a great job of gang tackling and if the guy, first guy's going to hit him, he makes the tackle. And that's so hard to do for that big giant man. Um, but they did a good job and they never over pursued. And I thought they just if once he gets the line, you make that tackle. Don't dive in the backfield and try to make a play because that's where he's going to burn you because he's way faster. He's going to bounce outside. He's going to if you take a bad angle. But they they did a really good job on him last night. And I know, yeah, stats show that he he did a, he had a good game, but he had a couple big runs late, and uh, that kind of that's what Derek does. But uh, I didn't think it was his best game. I thought that man that that offensive line of, of Tennessee really got ate up a little bit early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that defensive front for Denver played great. And I, I mentioned it last week. Jarrell Casey came to play, man. He really did two pass deflections and a couple quarterback hits. Man, that dude was getting after yeah. him. So, well, speaking of guys who came to play, I didn't expect to see a Tennessee versus Alabama matchup. But A.J. Johnson, now Alexander Johnson, 12 solo tackles. Good. Yeah, one quarterback hit. The guy, he he's one of those guys, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, his time at, at Tennessee was good, but it wasn't like he was 
getting 12 tackles a game and, and all that because he was dominating last night. Like, and it, it might be something that front, that front four, you know, with Chubb, I think Chubb came back. Make sure I don't, was he playing last night? Yeah, Bradley yeah. Chubb was there. Yeah, uh, yeah, had he, two quarterback hits. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like you said, Jerome Casey, um, just that front four played well. And it, it was evident that he was a, that AJ Johnson was able to fly around, make the tackles. Um, and there was one one play, I believe it was Josie Jewell, the 47, who I thought it was interesting that he was wearing John Lynch's number for the Broncos because just a sacred number. Um, but to me, he he there was one play that he stuck, Henry. And he's, I think, 6'2". Uh, he's probably you know, 230, 240 or whatever, but he got up underneath Henry and put him down. And I was, I was kind of taken aback where, you know, there's always the play where, uh, or, or just the, the kind of demeanor in a game where, you know, who's dominated the momentum you understand, even though the score could be, you know, 30 to, to 10, that 10 point game or that 10, 10 point team could be a whole lot more dominant in how they're actually playing than what the score shows. I felt like the, the Broncos, as far as momentum, uh, the swagger that they played with was a whole lot more there. And again, I don't know if it's elevation or what, but it was evident to me that they they were coming to play and they felt slept on. Um, and I, I know the home field advantage thing has changed with COVID nineteen, and obviously no no fans in the stands. Let me know what you think of, or about about no fans because to me the viewing experience is very similar if not the same to me what do you think about the fake crowd noise and the and the whole experience uh, i thought it was a little sloppy which is going to get better because timing on like certain sounds i, I, I that's going to get better the nba had the same problem early on that's going to get adjusted it'll be fine um but yeah like you know timing your the roar of the crowd whenever the quarterback walks up you know things like that i i didn't think it was that bad outside of like punts and deep bombs you don't really notice it i still thought it was you know considering lack of practice pretty good football all week around um there's some there's some guys that had really big weeks and good quarterbacks played good uh that was that's kind of how it was and you know it's yeah, the home field advantage is just going to be travel, um, elevation, weather. Mm-hmm. That's, it's it's going to change up. I know some of the betting lines were a little weird this this week because uh, people weren't expecting it to actually still have the home field aspect, but it seems like Vegas still took it into consideration. It still worked. Um, but yeah, it was it was a little different. And uh, I want to touch on one thing. I'm going to circle back just for uh, a good old GBO B4L yep. for AJ. Um, Awesome to see that guy because, man, he going into his last year, he had the uh, the rape allegations against him, and those got dismissed. Oh, right. And, uh, you know, that was going to be a dude that was going to wind up being some sort of big-time first – I mean, first or second day of draft talent. I mean, he was – you know, he's all – I think he's the SEC – or he's a uh, – he was SEC first team, all, you know, and – two years and then he's I think he's Tennessee's like all-time assisted tackles leader too and stuff like that I mean he was a monster and he was on his way and that's a tough tough thing because no matter what we but we all know if when these out when these allegations come out you're getting put on blast and your name's scarred for pretty much ever and I think that's why he probably changed it to Alexander I think that's a little bit of a you know yeah a, a political yeah, move if you will you know and so he, mm-hmm. he he made the right call and that's somebody I'm really glad has found his way 
He got his starting role last year, and now he's, you know, he got a little star recognition last night. That was a big-time stage, and, you know, people were going to be talking about him today. So I was really excited, glad to see the, a good old volunteers changed his, changed his ways and really helped his name because of his play. And I know that's going to be awesome for him. So shout out to A.J. Johnson. Yeah, I mean, well, that's – I, I recall, now that you say, the, you know, the allegations against him, but – for him to come back, and, and I mean, I know it's one game from a brand new season, but he looked like he was midseason form yeah. in, in week one. So, I mean, yeah, definitely a big hat tip to him. Um, I, I want to ask you this. I know we're kind of getting – it's not necessarily out of order. I just kind of threw it in there to, to to get your thoughts. Yeah. But have, you, have your expectations for the season for the Titans changed in light of last night? Hmm. Not really. I still think this team's going to be very solid. Um, from what I saw, I mean, I understand what the Jags did, but from what I saw, I still think this Titans team is the best in the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think 10 wins is very, very easily done. Um, just from what I even, you know, scanning, I know it's week one. I'm not going to overreact, but, you know, from the Vikings defense being super subpar. And that's why I started them and they got negative nine points and I wanted to throw things, but uh, that's what I get. And, mm-hmm. you know, some other defenses and stuff like that. I just, I don't feel like there's as tough a competition as I maybe initially thought. So I, I do think this Titans team's got some things to work out, but mm-hmm. uh, no, I, I think it's pretty, pretty similar. Uh, maybe even you know, I guess I'll just say pretty much similar. I think this is a 10-win team um, and, you know, probably the best in the division. Did it for you last night? No, no. I'm, I'm actually looking right now. You know, I, I checked ESPN standings for the AFC South right now, and even looking at it, the Titans gave up uh, the fewest points, you know, points allowed, and mm-hmm. points four had the fewest as well. They scored only 16 points. And if you can win games with 16 points – uh, you're doing something right. And that's even, you know, thinking through the kicking situation. Yeah. We've already watched this game. It was just – it was a later time. The 2019 Bills game, I mean, I think it's we were texting this thing. and we mentioned it before. I'm just sitting there – even before the game, again, I was – my heart was literally pounding. I was getting actual butterflies and obviously I'm excited and it's back. But I'm sitting there thinking – just praying nobody gets hurt, which luckily, obviously, it's always a, a risk. But I'm just thinking through not even the live up to the hype. I think this is going to be a really good team. Uh, but like you mentioned, the competition, even in the, in the division, um, I'm not going to throw the, the Colts out completely yet. But they obviously disappointed and the Jaguars really impressed. They look good. Gardner Minshew looked really good. Obviously, he played efficiently. Um, and then Houston, just kind of Houston all over the place. But it's just one of those things that I, in the midst of all that we saw last night, you know this team is going to be damn well coached. They're going to go out there and play. And e- even things like, I know people were talking um, with Isaiah Wilson. I want to talk about him for just a second because I don't think we've actually addressed uh, we did not have a, an episode since last week, and last Friday he oh, happened man. to go out and get, get hammered and do donuts and, on Broadway or off of Broadway in Nashville and ended up wrecking his car and hitting a building. But obviously the kid's going through a lot of stuff. I, I, I want to I give my two cents because, honestly, it kind of hit home for me to where as a young 20-something, 
there's times I think it, it varies for person to person, but when you're, and here's how I see this. Your first round pick, former five-star recruit goes to Georgia, has a very good solid career, comes out as an underclassman as a junior. I consider them underclassmen, even though he's, you know, technically halfway or more than halfway. Um, but coming out, getting drafted, you, you show up to camp kind of out of shape. You're looking, you know, it's kind of sloppy with your technique. I know Teron Davenport talked about, you know, how he would pop straight up and his leverage wasn't good and his pad height was too too high and all that stuff. And now you are officially not the starter as a first overall, as a first round pick for the Titans. And I know there was the rumors that the Titans were looking to trade out and they wanted to try and move out of that spot. So that might also play into it that he might not feel hundred percent welcomed. He might not, you know, be happy with where he is. And even the, the quickly deleted post on his Instagram story about how he hates his life. And obviously the guy's going through, a lot of pressure. I would even say, even in light of Dak, Pre- uh, Dak Prescott coming out about anxiety and depression, um, it's no mystery that people are obviously dealing with things like this. But to me, I have some compassion for the guy because it's not something like some Titans media members are out here saying, you know, suspend the guy. And, you know, I don't think any media members have actually said cut the guy, but a lot of fans have. This team is strong enough as far as the locker room. And forgive my my rant. I just wanted to put this out here, and I'll get your thoughts on it, Chase. But this team in this locker room, coaching staff, the culture, ownership, front office, the whole nine yards, I think this this kid's in a rough situation that he's put himself in, but he also finds himself in probably one of the best situations that he can find himself in with a solid offensive line group that, that – nearly everybody has talked about that's played in that room. You've got guys like Corey Levin. I know Jamil Douglas, uh, you know, they, those, both of those guys were on busting with the boys and just raved about how, uh, the, the, they're, they're close. It's not just, Hey, we're, we're, we're doing well. We're, we're legitimately close. They've got a good chemistry going. Um, but I say all that stuff. And even in light of last night, uh, again, it was weird for everybody with the, the late start. I think fans, media, the team itself. Um, but I think this team is in a good enough spot to obviously bounce back. But I think a guy like Isaiah Wilson um, is equally as a, as much a part of that. And even talking about him, it's hard to think through the reaction completely without acknowledging the reality of how many starters were not out there last night. Uh, you know, put, I guess potential start, starters talking about Isaiah Wilson, but Vic yeah. Beasley, um, Adoree Jackson and even Joseph, uh, uh, remind me of his name. Um, Jonathan Joseph. Yeah. Jonathan cornerback Joseph, yeah. was, was out for a bit. Uh, didn't, didn't know what happened. Lawan was out for a little bit, but the team adjusted, you know, I'm not just trying to be, you know, I know Mike Keith gets a bad rap for being all butterflies and rainbows. Cause it was, it, the kicking game was horrid. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts on, on that, but also kind of give me your feedback on the Isaiah Wilson situation. Yeah, uh, I 100% agree. I think that's he is in the best situation he could be in to get back to a good headspace. That's so tough. and He keeps putting himself in bad spots, and that's just going to collectively add on. It's just back to the quicksand effect, and that's something you, you have to have compassion for. This is a very, very vulnerable spot, so if people start just – just crushing that kid, it's going to crush him for his life. So you have to be very, very cautious to what you say out there on 
I know I get it. Like I, he's a right now you could kind of see it from the outside perspective as he's a bad apple. Well, what are we doing with this guy? But you mm-hmm. have to you have to have compassion, especially if he's in that locker room. Those guys, like you said, they're close. They're buddies. Like they hang out. They do. They hop on the podcast. Like that's that's their thing, man. They're gonna they're gonna get this kid right. He's also still a kid, you know. What he's a twenty two, twenty one. He just turned twenty. Just turned twenty one. That's right. That's yeah. He just yeah. So, man, he's got a lot to learn, and he's gonna learn. Um, so I, I hope he just keeps riding that tra- train and stays the course. Because, like you said, there's some there's some really good men in that locker room. It sounds like, and you know, whatever, however you want to take this, as far as like a a bro mentality, but there's a lot of alphas in there that really help you whenever, especially whenever you're in a big time locker room like that. And there's a lot of big personalities. So hopefully they can guide this kid and get him back on the right track because clearly the potential's there for his football talent. He just got to get some stuff together in his own life. And that's very tough to do. And, you know, everybody's got a lot more time on their hands. And I know there's always been talk for professional athletes that there's just, you feel like you have too much time outside of your sport and with this pandemic and whatnot, a 21 year old kid who's clearly not quite ready for this, this big moment yet. Um, mm-hmm. It's just not a good situation. So I hope, I hope you're right. And uh, that we have the, the right locker room and the lot, the right front office to get this kid back on track. Yeah, and, and people were having the you know kind of tweeting out yesterday. Like, couldn't the Titans didn't they have some type of meeting or you know during the combine with them to identify this stuff? But this is not like no. I know Sam Pittman's with Arkansas now, but he was a huge part, and even while Isaiah Wilson went to 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 Georgia, even guys like Cade Mays, um, Andrew Thomas, I believe I forget where he was drafted. He was top five. Um, but it's one of those things to me that this is not in character for for Isaiah Wilson. And again, I think everybody's been there. Obviously, you go out, you can, you know, especially in Nashville, if you're on Broadway, you know, start drinking and, and doing whatever else you would want to do. And then things just get crazy and get sideways. I'm not I'm not defending him drunk driving or driving and you know, inebriated or getting a DUI or whatnot, but um, I think there's certain things that, you know, you can obviously calculate and go through and think, but it's something too that, um, it is a, it is a very early time to be saying cut a guy. And even, even the way that Titans fans reacted to Vic Beasley's situation, we still have no idea what Vic Beasley did no going through. I mean, they're, they're saying he has some type of knee issue now. That's why he didn't go last night, but his, him showing up late, uh, rumored to have had, you know, there was rumors flying. I had somebody pop in my DMS a while back saying, Hey, I know so-and-so who knows, you know, Vic Beasley, you know, well, and I went to high school with the guy and he's saying somebody in his family had COVID. Um, you know, and it was something to me that didn't have a clue what's going on, but all of a sudden Vic Beasley's dead to me as a Titan fan. That's what, that's what the reaction was from a lot of folks. And I think 
this obviously human nature. I think people just have the, the, the knack to want to throw a guy out when, I mean, and I think uh, I want to give Justin Mello of Broadway Sports Media a big hat tip. And, and he was one of the first guys to kind of articulate what I felt about it with this guy needs support. He doesn't need hate tweets. He doesn't need hate mail, you know, filling up his DMs and his, his mentions. Like, this is bigger than football right now, you know, and whatever he's actually going through, because what you don't realize, and I think this is, goes for everybody, you've got your, you know, you get your work life, you have your home life, you have your church life, you know, whatever communities you're a part of. It's all one thing. It's all one cloth. And you better well believe that, you know, your home life. And again, I'm speaking as somebody who grew up and, you know, quote unquote, a broken home, you know, as, as it was, it wasn't always fun. It wasn't, it wasn't always nice. So I, I, I want to say that for the sake of not saying, you know, Isaiah Wilson's okay, you know, and he, he didn't make a mistake by, by drinking and driving. It's just something to me that we have no idea what's really going on. And, and it's not even just in his head, but in his situation in life. And, you know, I noticed last night, this is just the example of how strong the, the team is and the culture. You know, somebody tweeted out um, after I think Goskowski missed his second or third kick. And, you know, people kept going over. I think Will Compton, the guy that I'm, the tweet I'm talking about was saying that Will Compton um, went over and gave Goskowski a hug, you know, just to say, hey, we're here. I think we saw Malcolm Butler go over and kind of give him a, you know, a supportive pat on the shoulder and, you know, kind of rile him up a little bit. But yeah. I just want to say that about Isaiah Wilson because I think it, it, it does. I think guys who make those mistakes and even, you know, your knee jerk reaction as a Titans fan is thinking of Doyle Green Beckham and Pac-Man Jones and, you know, just stupid, stupid stuff. It is 100% stupid to drink and drive, but I don't think that's not, it's not in character for Isaiah Wilson. I think it was kind of in character for Pac-Man Jones. I think that's, that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something to me, and again, sorry for being long-winded for for Chase and also for those listening, but <laughs> I just don't want it to be something that it's overlooked and these guys are professionals, so just be better. It's like these dudes are, are dealing with – and again, all this to say in the context of a COVID-19 pandemic that everybody's dealing with stress. Everybody's dealing with being cooped up in a you-can't-do-what-you-want-to-do kind of situation all the time, and I think that it's – I think it wears on people, so – Oh yeah, I, I I end my soapbox there. Unless you have anything else you want to add, not on that topic. I I agree with you. It's just something that he's got to work through. You don't want to make this an in character thing for mm-hmm. him. It, it does seem obviously there would be signs. It doesn't. I don't. Not that I, to my knowledge, I don't remember him any doing anything in college or even precursor to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not in character of this guy, and you don't want it to become that way. So these guys are going to have to be strong. Like you said, you know, there's a little, even little things you guess goes to show the character because Butler, Butler coming over there on that final drive, you know, it's going to come down. You need Gostowski to make this kick, even just do just a friendly shoulder pat and a few words like, dude, just, you're going to knock this down. You're going to knock this down. I think that's what he said. And um, yeah, Compton's going to be the guy. Obviously he's a vocal person. So yeah, there's a lot of guys that are going to instill some confidence with you, and they're going to tell you when you're doing right, when you're doing wrong. So hopefully they have helped try to guide this guy. I know it's still something that you have to work on your own self, but I know there's going to be a lot of guys encouraging him to get back on the right track because, you know, he's something, he's going to be somebody that's going to be wanted and needed to 
play for this Titans team for a long time, hopefully. So we'll see. That's a tough one to tough one to get around, but it's going to happen. I think that uh, this, like you said, to reiterate again and again, this locker room is the right place for this guy to be. So hopefully that comes back around. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll spin off there. I know you were talking, you wanted to talk about uh, the, before last night's game, John Robinson restructured Mr. Kevin Byard's contract to open up a little bit of cap space. What was like $6.12 million? Yep. Freeing up against that with the uh, the 2020 cap, and this is that's from Alan Bell yep. on Twitter. So as of today, the Titans are sitting around 10 million dollars with available cap money. You got to think, and even Alan's tweet saying he wants something, and I, I don't know what he's going after. I think I think a lot of people's obvious reactions are kicker. I think cornerback. We don't know what's going on with the Dory because that's kind of how Vrabel does it. I think that's a lot of <laughs> how a lot of coaches in the NFL do yeah. it. Um, it's kind of a guessing game, but obviously if the guy's going on, which I'm kind of liking this new three-week IR, uh, it feels kind of injury list. You know, I know it's formerly known as the DL list in baseball, but um, give a guy a few weeks rest and let him come back. And, you know, I think that could have been beneficial last year when you need a guy like Malcolm Butler to come back. But um, I'm just thinking through of – are they satisfied with what they have in the secondary with, with, with defensive backs? Because Jonathan Joseph, Christian Fulton, um, even Chris Jackson coming in, who was a seventh round pick. And I mean, the guy didn't, didn't play terribly. I mean, he wasn't, you know, Stefan Gilmore, Jalen Ramsey playing well, but I mean, he, he did the job and obviously mm-hmm. a guy like, you know, I think, it, I think it was a good game for those younger guys or older guys based on their experience to let them go out against a younger quarterback like Drew Locke and see if he can sling it. Locke didn't have a bad game, 95 quarterback rating, um, 23 for 33, uh, 216 yards and a touchdown. I, I thought the secondary looked okay. I don't know if any any specific spots aside from kicker and cornerback kind of appealed to you as far as a spot they could potentially fill. No, that's those are the only two spots I can really think of. Um, and I think the corner spots just uh, your third or fourth guy is a rookie, a Dory. I, you don't know how I, I, we don't know how bad it is, and we you know it's just a three week IR. But um, you need you need a little bit more depth there, and I think mm-hmm. that's got to be it. I don't really know what else he'd want unless there's just something out there that I'm missing. But those that, those two spots are the only things I can think of. So he's going to go out there and work something out. Yeah, I mean, I, and the thing too, if he just sits on that money and it's ten million dollars that he has this year, that could roll over to next year even better. Yeah, you know, and that's 100%. even a part of the ongoing conversation for this off season of the Titans trading Jarrell Casey and freeing up 10 million there. Um, obviously that's still there. And we just signed Clowney. I mean, and that's something that we can talk about too is Clowney's, you know, deal because I mean, f- for the love of God, John Robinson continues to make these deals that, you know, for Tannehill, for Derrick Henry, for uh and now Jadavion Clowney, like you're seeing him construct these deals to a point where it's almost you just expect a jaw dropper of a how did he do that? Because I think I'm trying to look it up right now with Spotrack of what he's slated to make in 2020. Um I think he's at 12.7. Uh I believe. Let me make sure and pull this up here. Let's see here. 
Yeah, I believe he's at 12 and a half, uh, roughly. So it's just something to me that for a guy that's a, a quote-unquote disruptor, game wrecker, he's always going to be a guy that you have account to account for, and you still have $10 million left in the bank. Obviously, it shows Kevin Byard is a team-friendly player, um, but it's pretty impressive to see what J-Rob has done this offseason. Yeah, that's... We've talked about it again and again. It might be one of our favorite parts of this Titans team is just to watch what J-Rob does in the offseason and how he negotiates and wheels and deals. And, God, he keeps getting better at it. Uh, so, yeah, that Clowney deal, considering what people thought you were going to pay for him earlier on in the in the offseason, fantastic. Just freaking fantastic. And these little restructures and things like that to open up cap space – continue to happen it's a it's it's the best part of his game uh there's there's still some you know obviously we've missed on a few draft picks but overall done a great job there at dude general manager wise you couldn't ask for a better trio and i know you talked about it last week in your article like this is this is a a thruple if you will um, Mm -hmm. of, of fantastic people that are really wanting this team to be great and J Rob just continues to be J Rob and impress every week, even with little just yeah. little things, man. It's just the little things. Well, let me ask you this because I've got I've got Spode Track pulled up here, and I have the 2020 defensive end average rankings. This is based off of salary average. Um, but where would you guess that Jadeveon Clowney would be? You know, listed one through what are we at? Probably. 157 players. Where do you think – give me a number that you think he's ranked at uh, for the amount that he's making on average this year. Like, so it's like a – he. Like it's I got like, a list one through, one, one through 157, and based off of the average amount of the contract for this year alone, uh-huh. since he's on a one-year deal, where do you think he ranks in the top mm-hmm. – obviously, I'm sure you're thinking top 10, but give me a number that you think he would be ranked at. Um, oh, I don't know. This year, mm-hmm. probably quarterbacks and all, like, I don't know, 30? No, no, this is just defensive ends. Oh, just defensive ends. Sorry. Um, yeah. oh, four? <laughs> Bro, he's 18th. No way. Yes. And I'll, I mean, I'm not going to go through every single player, but first is Joey Bosa averaging $27 million in prison. Oh, that's right. He got, yeah. Miles Garrett, 25. DeMar- Demarcus Lawrence, 21. It's going down. And just to give out some of these names that we're seeing, uh, D Ford at 17. He's number at seven. Number seven. Number nine is JJ Watt at 16.6 million. Dante Fowler Jr. Jerome Casey's making 15.1, which wow. again, Incredible. Brandon Graham, right before Jadeveon Clowney, is at $13.3 million for the Eagles, and Clowney's coming in right at $13 million as the as the 18 overall ranked defensive end based on average side. I, I guess you I, could not mm. if you if you told me that before the season, at one, that the Titans are going to be signing Jadeveon Clowney is one thing. But to get him at $13 million when he was once talking about what, 20? $21 million. And I was, th- I was even thinking through, you know, obviously talks are picking up. We have a good chance. The saints are in it. The Titans are in it. Surely they're going to land 15, 16, $17 million a year and just give it to him. But $13 million for this year. And to be the 18th ranked overall player based on salary as a defensive end 
is absolutely crazy to me. Yeah. Oh man, that that kind of surprised me. I, and I also didn't realize how many guys are getting paid. And so, I mean, especially because I didn't. I guess I forgot about Bosa getting that extension and stuff. But but guys like Leonard Williams, who's now he was drafted with the Jets. He's now with the Giants. Kawhi yeah. Short, who's with the you know Panthers. There's so many. You know, there's some good, obviously defensive ends. But Trey Flowers, Cameron Jordan, like these guys. The, the, the company that he's in, as far as where he's ranked, guys like Calais Campbell, obviously older, Yannick Ngakwe's deal kind of is the, the, the I guess, pinpoint of why it is kind of so low to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just something for another feather in J-Rob's cap. Like you mentioned, he's getting better at these deals, either front-loading them or back-loading him. But that's just one of those things that I love to watch to see kind of the financials of what these teams can really do. Because, again, I know a lot of fans love John Robinson, hashtag and J-Rob we trust. But this dude, just to think of the offseason he had, like even looking back, and because going into it, I'm I'm thinking the dude's got his work cut out to, to not only draft, uh, obviously through a crazy process with a virtual draft is one thing, but also to re-sign your quarterback, running back, I'm sure other players as well. You're obviously reworking as of yesterday, Kevin Byard's contract, and then to sign Jadeveon Clowney and put yourself out front. That's that's just one of those things that is nuts to me. But tip of the cap, tip of the cap, tip of the cap to J Rob. But uh, any other thoughts you want to share before we close this puppy out? Since we're at our hour mark, man. Uh no, man. Uh, just uh, it's going to be intriguing to see what this Jags matchup is going to look like next week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's let's preview that because I, yeah. I I wanted to make sure and do that. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, but yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, I just want to make yeah, sure no, we, we I, did jump on that. I I I do think it's a little bit of a a point that I heard earlier. I, I think that might have been like the Jags getting up for one thing, and I also don't think the Colts are very good. I I never understand this preseason hype on them every year, and why people think Philip Rivers is going to wind up being this great quarterback. He's washed, man. Like I hate to say that, mm-hmm. but. He's washed. If you watch him last year, the only reason I did was because I have, you know, I had uh, Eckler in fantasy, so I started to watch the them a little bit more. And then I, you know, last year I also had Keenan Allen in another league. So you start to watch a little bit, and you're like, man, you know, Philip Rivers is just not very good. And yeah, they're like, well, he was 36 for 46, but he also had two picks, and some of that stuff it just it just doesn't look good. Uh, Minshew. You know, he only had 173 yards, but he was super efficient. I know you said that earlier. Um, they're gonna be they're gonna be all right, but I do think that was one of those Colts aren't as good as I think if people think they are. Mm-hmm. And I think the Jag just really got up for that game and nobody was prepped and just a lack of practice and it was a perfect combo. And for the first time ever, the Jacksonville Jaguars had the largest attendance of the season. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Minshew Mania. Yeah, not, I don't know what the actual numbers were, but I doubt it was <laughs> anything crazy, to be honest. No. I mean, even even just to think, and I know we we shit on the Jaguars all the time. Every opportunity I get, it's it's happening. But mm-hmm. they looked, I mean, not just competent, they looked efficient. Yeah. And like I mentioned, you know, Minshew goes 19-20, and 20, 173. He's not throwing 500 yards, but three touchdowns, that's that's pretty good um but the i wanted to look obviously stats don't tell the whole story um 
but through James Robinson. Didn't even know who that was. Now that Leonard Fournette is with the Buccaneers, James Robinson was a leading rusher last week, averaging averaging three and a three point nine yards uh, a carry. Um, Keenan Cole Senior uh, had forty seven yards on five targets. Caught all five of them in a touchdown. Obviously, we don't know a ton about this team, but you know you got guys like uh, Miles Jack, Josh Jones, and obviously Josh. Uh, did, did you know if Josh Allen went down for them last week? Uh, not that I know of. Because I, I don't, I don't show him. Maybe he did. Oh, there he is. Yeah, he okay. He had two tackles last week, but I want to say for some reason when I was watching, he either went down or was getting tested for something with some type of injury. But um, as of right now, the matchup, I believe the the Titans are a you know they have their predictor every week for the Titans and Jags ma- matchup this week. Seventy two point four percent for the Tennessee Titans to win. <laughs> so. Can't really can't really argue there. It's a home game. Whatever home field ver- home field advantage carries in that percentage is probably minimal, um, but seventy two point four percent. It's just the history um, of the Titans kind of running the table there. But I believe the I guess the home field advantage aspect of it is no longer going to be about the fans. More so, as you were saying in the earlier in the podcast of not having to travel, waking up in your own bed, driving to the stadium, kind of a thing, which is good because. The Titans, as we mentioned last week's episode, these first two games against uh, the Broncos and then Jaguars are are games that you almost you have to win mm-hmm. um, because it's about to get bumpy here, which, again, for those listening, we'll be here again next week to discuss, react, and give our thoughts on everything that's going to happen with the matchup. Um, but I'm pretty excited. And, Chase, I wanted to close this out and make sure – I know I'll mention it in the intro, but for all those in the Chattanooga, Tennessee, area or surrounding areas this weekend we have our first watch party our covid approved hangout slash watch party uh we're still working on the official (laughs) official title of it but um we will have all hamilton county you know uh, protocols and guidelines for for covid in place be sure to bring your mask but the invitation is open for all to come and attend we typically try to get there in a little bit about an hour before game time to get settled in kind of take over the patio if you will but i'm excited um but chase let me get your thoughts on not that it carries a ton of weight given it's week two but how do you see this matchup going between the titans and the jaguars um very favorably favorably for us for for Tennessee, I think. Um, mm, honestly, I'm saying it could be like a 28 14 win for Tennessee. Okay, yours. I think I think it's going to be kind of the get back to the basics game of we're going to pound the ball. Obviously, they have they've lost guys like Calais Campbell. They still have some players, obviously not to that caliber, but. Uh, the Taven Bryans, uh, the Josh Allens, the Miles Jack, the Miles Jacks, who've been there in the past and have been stiff armed, uh, yes. you know, equally. Uh-huh. But I, I do think it's going to be something that the offense. I think the offensive kind of play calling last night got a little bit, like you mentioned, to see to see Tannehill throw forty three times is. I'm not necessarily complaining about it, given the history of this quote unquote running team. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those things that they're young. I know CJ Henderson's been talking some offseason shit about, you know, Derrick Henry's just a human. I hope to see him buried and stiff armed into the ground. Um, but I think I think with obviously more time with Clowney um getting out of the elevation of, of Denver, Colorado could be a big help for them. 
to be honest, I think the sobering wake up call happening in week week one is great. Um, it's not what we wanted to see necessarily, but we got the win. And in a few weeks, we're not going to be really discussing much about it. I anticipate unless we have a ongoing drama of kicker, you know, mm-hmm. like we did last year. I don't think it's going to be in that situation, but that's kind of where I'm at. The spread right now, Titans are at negative nine, um, which that's something we'll we'll see what takes place there as the week goes on. But that's kind of where I'm at. But any uh, other thoughts, my, my good man? Uh, no, man. Just uh, tighten up and. Um... As always, you know, if you're in Chat Town, come visit us this weekend. So, gonna be exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have. Hopefully, I'll see a lot of people. I know they're, you know, I understand if you can't come, but I'll be excited to see everybody. It's gonna be a fun weekend. Um, and we're gonna get this thing rolling. You know, ball start in two weeks. Uh, speaking of, uh, real quick, just gonna mm-hmm. shamelessly plug. Mike Pipe and I have the full schedule breakdown. We're gonna do a fun full season score prediction. We're gonna see how that holds up starting tomorrow night. So uh, we'll have that on and hopefully have some fun guests the next week to preview. And yeah, so uh, like subscribe to this podcast and also to welcome to Valhalla, if you would mind, please. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. For all those listening. Yeah. Please subscribe, rate and share. Make sure and find us on Twitter. You can find me at T R E S W I N N chase. You can be found at MC green four, two, three on the Twitter and uh, chaser 30, 50 on Instagram. So Shall we? Be fun. Yeah, make sure and check us out at chat10sports.com. Keep up with our events, articles, social media, podcast feed, the whole nine yards. And we've got a lot of things in the works for some maybe merchandise. Uh, the gears are moving over at old Chat 10 Sports. Sure so make are, sure man. and keep, sure are. keep a finger on the pulse if you if you do. But guys, we really appreciate you listening. For Trey Wynn, Chase Green, we hope you'll have a great rest of your week. And we'll talk to you next week. And as always, tighten up. Tighten up. Baby.